The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fifth chapter. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. 
In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus preaches five sermons, and the first one begins right here in chapter 5 with the Beatitudes. Sometimes we hear verses 1 through 12 as a checklist of the admission requirements for heaven or the criteria for earning God's favor or love. Matthew doesn't include the woe statements that we get in Luke, but we imagine that whoever is not on this list is not in a good place. So we start listening to Jesus' words, and immediately we turn inward, wondering, am I on this list? Does God bless me? And in that moment, we have stopped listening. Martin Luther describes this being turned or curved inward on ourselves instead of outward toward God and toward others as sin. It is our human condition. And we must recognize that left to ourselves, we will fall to its influence every time. But Jesus frees us from sin teaching us to love God and love others, changing our hearts and transforming our lives. So instead of hearing these verses as criteria for winning some kind of super-Christian award, let's be curious about what Jesus is saying and why. One popular answer is that Jesus is telling us which virtues will be rewarded. But being poor or grieving, meek or hungry, aren't virtues we seek to achieve. They're unfortunate circumstances that far too many people endure every day. Another answer is that Jesus is telling us which reversals will take place when the kingdom of heaven is realized. But being a peacemaker or merciful aren't things we want to stop doing or roles we want to see reversed. If anything, we want to multiply the numbers of people perpetuating peace and mercy in the world. So maybe something else is happening here. First, Matthew is presenting Jesus as the new Moses in the same way that Moses gave the law to Israel to teach the people how to live in relationship with God and with each other. Jesus preaches his Sermon on the Mount to his followers. But he doesn't seek to replace the law. Instead, he wants to engage it more fully so that it's more relevant than any checklist of do's and don'ts. Whenever we reduce God and faith to a list of prohibitions and gotcha moments, we have lost the good news. The heart of the gospel is always the abundant love of God in Christ Jesus that frees us to love generously. 
Second, Jesus is addressing his sermon to the whole community, not just the group of 12 who travel with him and know him well, and not even to a group the size of our congregation. Remember, this sermon happens when Jesus and his disciples are surrounded by great crowds who have been following them throughout Galilee. Bishop Mike Reinhardt notes that the first four blessings go to those who suffer. And the second four blessings go to those who help the suffering. But it's the ninth beatitude that socks us, the ones listening to Jesus in the eyes. Jesus goes from talking about, talking to the crowd about other people in the third person to suddenly talking to you and to me, saying, blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Now he has our attention. If we were still waiting to see where we would show up in the sermon, here it is. Be the ones who listen to my word and follow me. Be the ones who take a stand even when it's unpopular. Journalist and Catholic Dorothy Day is quoted as saying, when I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. When I ask why there are the poor, they call me a communist. Day was asking hard questions about why we have the poor among us, questions we are still asking today. We have feeding ministries that serve hungry people six days a week in Uptown Shelby. We have three shelters for people who need safe places to live. Many of our schools have clothing closets, and now a half dozen schools in our county have virtual clinics that work with doctors to provide care for students. And those are all good measures that are trying to address needs. But why in this county do we still have 17,000 people who qualify for indigent health care? Why are one in three kids, one in three, still not sure where their next meal is coming from? And why do we have people living without electricity and running water blocks from where a $20 million jail expansion is being built? Jesus calls on us to ask hard questions for the sake of the world. Following Jesus and speaking up for the dignity of those whom Jesus calls blessed isn't easy. And a whole lot of people won't have the courage or the willingness to risk persecution. But it is who Jesus' followers are called to be, 
and what we are called to do. In this season of Epiphany, we have been listening to stories about how Jesus brought the good news to the whole world as a light to all nations. But in today's gospel, he socks it to us. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You and I are the lights that shine on the kingdom of heaven, that it may be known throughout our world and our community. The question Jesus leaves us with today is will we stand so that our light can be seen? Or will we be content to let it light our corner of the world and not reach any farther. Let us pray. Holy, merciful, and loving God, thank you for sending your Son Jesus into the world as a light to all nations. Help us follow Jesus, and by your Spirit, show us how to be beacons of light to our community and neighbors. We pray especially for those who are poor, low in spirit, mourning, persecuted, hungry, or in need of any kind. May they know your abundant love for them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.